Welcome to Real Tech Hours, the podcast where we talk about tech during real tech hours. Man, it is Monday. It is late. Let is lettuce. Let us jump right into it. So today we're going to take a look at Google, a relook at India's smartphone market, and Apple. We are also going to talk about Windows Mobile, catch up with real Elon hours, Airbnb's safety checkup, Amazon making more robots, China oppressing gamers and mobile service monopolies, and then we are going to end by taking an extended look at Roku. Man, if that isn't a mouthful, strap in. Do I have a long episode for you guys? But first, as always, if you have a question, a comment, a topic you want to see discussed, or you just want to reach out, send an email to realtechhourspodcast at gmail.com. That is realtechhourspodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow this podcast on Twitter, at realtechhours, to stay up to date with the podcast. Now that we got all the intro stuff out of the way, yeah, today is a long one. This total document, okay, so let's take a look here. So I do this in Google Docs. An average episode, we'll look at 13, episode 13, they're not labeled episodes. So basically, I went behind enemy lines, the Apple Store one. That guy, oh, wait, I can't do that one because I did only, I just went and, and had all the articles pulled up. So that episode for that, Tesla's here to say, Google finally did it, all aboard the Apple Pro train. That one was about four pages. Honestly, they're around four to six pages. This one for today is eight. Holy cow. Obviously, that does include all my title and my show description and all the hashtags I use, all the articles that I use. I also keep those. Um, the whole script and then the outro and everything, the this one includes some pictures on it, which is pretty crazy, but I mean eight pages. So what am I doing here? Wasting both of our times. Let's just jump right into it. First, as I mentioned, we're starting with Google. That's some hands rubbing together. Can you hear him? It looks like it. I think it's picking it up on there. Anyways, uh, actually, really quick. Hopefully, it sounds a little bit better on this one. We added a pop filter to the headset this time so we don't get those loud you know, you get a little, get a little loud pop going on. Uh, I noticed they were happening the last couple of episodes, and I finally found the pop filter for this headset. I hadn't thrown it on there since I bought the dumb thing. So, um, but here we are, got the pop filter on. Anyways, enough of the distractions. Let's jump right into it. The Google Stadia app is officially available on the Play Store. You can download it right now. It's available on the App Store as well for iOS. You guys can go ahead and download it too. But uh. But it's available for us Play Store people. Come on. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that is up. And we've also seen some screenshots for the UI of Stadia, as it would be shown on TV screen. looks very nice. Kind of looks a lot like uh, Netflix and Disney Plus with the whole like main thing, the main game showing up on the screen, and then a little slider bar down at the bottom of the, all the other games that you own or could own or, or play. Not exactly sure how it's going to be laid out just yet, but the screenshots look very, very interesting. Google has also published a list of the game tiles that would be available on Stadia launch. I'm going to read them here for you now. We've got Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Destiny 2 The Collection, which is included with the Stadia Pro subscription, the first free game you get. Super hyped. I'll be playing. Hopefully I get my package. Pretty soon after the 19th. Uh, I think we talked about it previously in an episode that not all Stadia founders edition purchasers will get theirs on the 19th. Everyone will be receiving theirs in order of purchase. So hopefully I'm uh, I'm pretty high up there. <laughs> I'm probably not. But hopefully, you know, I don't have to wait too long to play. It would be kind of ridiculous at this point. Regardless of that, they also have uh, at launch Guilt, Just Dance 2020, Kine, Kine, K-I-N-E, not sure how to say it, Mortal Kombat 11, Red Dead Redemption 2, Rise of the Tomb Raider, Samurai Showdown, Shadow of the Tomb Raider Definitive Edition, Thumper, and Tomb Raider Definitive Edition. They also are going to add 14 more titles by the end of 2019, Attack on Titan 2, Final Battle, Borderlands 3, The Darksiders Genesis, Dragon Ball, Xenoverse 2, Farming Simulator 19, Final Fantasy 15, Football Manager 2020, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, Grid, Metro Exodus, NBA 2K20, Rage 2, Trials Rising, and Wolfenstein Youngblood. Boy, what a list. And that just goes to show that Stadia is 
coming, baby, and is coming with a passion. This game is cooking its way here and is becoming more and more official as the days goes on. As the days go on, and we get closer to that 19th, only eight days away, so it's going to be next Tuesday, right? Next Tuesday, next Tuesday. That's so lit. Or we'll have one more podcast in between then, and then hopefully I've got it before the 25th, which is this, um, not next Monday. Next Monday will be the 18th. But the Monday after that, the 25th. Hopefully I can talk to you guys a little bit about it. Hopefully I'll put in some playtime and, and uh, we, can, we can take a look at it. It'll be interesting. Next up for Google. They are rolling out the new assistance to some older Android phones. The first phones obviously getting it will be the Pixels, namely the Pixel 3 and 3XL, with potentially more to come. The new Google Assistant takes up less of the screen and to some of the processing on a device, so it does require some more space, but hey, better processing, and it's supposed to be more privacy focused and more secure because it's not all cloud computing and it's supposed to be faster because it's not supposed or all cloud computing that's a lot that's one of their bigger pushes is for the um, for the processing of Google system to be faster 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 as they add on as they add on more Oh my goodness, processing on the actual device. When they add that physical processing chip that they're throwing into a lot of things now, they are hoping to increase the speed at which these things get uh, processed by the assistant. This is very cool. It's a great idea. Let me see if I can check and see if I have the update available, and it does not look like it for me. I, at least I haven't gotten it yet. I don't... I don't recall. Let me let me get the little tap and yeah, I have yet to yet to get the new update on my device. I have a three XL. Anyways, speaking of Pixel devices, the Pixel Four has been on the receiving end of a lot of bashing this time around. Holy cow! This device has been getting absolutely obliterated by anybody and everybody who touches it. It feels like. Everybody is jumping on the bandwagon to clap the Pixel 4, but namely only for one thing, battery life. A lot of people have been complaining about the battery life, saying it's absolutely subpar for the eight to $900 price point you're paying for it. So let's take a look. All right, uh, we got some battery specs here. We'll start with the 4, obviously. So we got the 4, regular one, 4 has... 2800 milliamp hours versus the 4XL, which is 3700 milliamp hours. Now, the 4 is a slight downgrade from the 3. The 3 had 2915 for its battery, but the 4XL is a bump up from the 3XL at 3430. But then, if we take a look at the 3A, the 3A has 3000, and the 3AXL has 3700. So the 4 is not only less than the 3, it's also less than the 3A. And the 4XL is only even with the 3AXL, and only more than the 3XL. Now that's a lot to process because that's a lot of 3, 3A, 3XL, XL, A, A, whatever. But the 4 does indeed have a smaller battery, just in general compared to the rest of the phones in the space. And a lot of people are upset that the battery is not lasting very long. But I came across, I wasn't even going to talk about this. Just because this Pixel's just been getting absolutely obliterated. Everybody should know at this point that it's one of the, the pitfalls of the device, of Google's latest device. But, but I saw here an article on Android Central that brought a little joy into my life, that brought, that brought something back. And it's titled Pixel 4XL Second Review, Second Opinion Review, The Android Phone I Can't Stop Using. Weak battery life hasn't kept me away from Google's latest they go on to state that while people have just been absolutely bashing this phone, even more than it seems in past that the, the Pixel lineup has received, that they absolutely love this thing. They state the pros to be this, you know, clean, simple design. It looks fantastic. It's got the matte finish all the way around, unless you get the black, and on the back it has the glass, which is a little strange, but hey, you know, give it to them. They got the colors, you know, they got the the... The border of the phone is the matte 
is the map black which is very nice it's very very simple design you know power button is color just like the rest of them the the camera cutout on the back the square is um, obviously it's still square but you know it's it's not bad it's not jutting off the phone off the back causing it to like have this massive camera bump they've got some truly incredible cameras a vibrant 90 hertz display now playing active edge and other google add-ons and live caption is astonishingly good the cons they mention obviously are battery life is mediocre best it's not ha it doesn't have an ultra wide and few apps work with the face unlock which is kind of not on google's uh, part a lot of apps have to start integrating that so but they go on to, to talk about a whole bunch of the different features that they like of this phone they talk about they love the matte finish on the back they love the the feel of the phone how it physically feels they like the screen that they use that it's a nice vibrant AMOLED panel. Uh, it looks very good in, in these pictures. Um, they talk about the 90 hertz functionality and how, how just being able to use it is great. Uh, they talk about the cameras. They talk a lot about the cameras. Some side-by-side -side shots. I've seen a lot of side-by-side -side shots personally. and I, <laughs> People have been saying, you know, iPhone 11 Pro, iPhone 11 Pro is going sickle mode. iPhone 11 Pro is going sickle mode. Ah, <laughs> I can't. It makes me laugh on the inside every single time because I just look at a shot at the Pixel 4 and it looks so much better. I don't get it. People are like punching themselves in the face. We're going to talk about the iPhone 11 Pro here coming, the camera here in a little bit. But but I swear on my life, <laughs> I can't. I can't with these people. The, the iPhone 11 Pro is not even licking the boots of the Pixel 4 camera. Like this, this camera is just absolutely disgusting. They did such a good job with this one. I... <laughs> Every single time I look at it, I need to tell myself not to buy this dumb device. I, I'm constantly reminding myself, you do not need a new Pixel. I'm holding out until the next one just because I don't need to spend another uh, couple hundred dollars now. Even if I traded my, if I traded my 3XL, it's a little disappointing. I'd only get $260 for it. But I don't need to be spending more money right now. I'm trying to get a Surface. Uh, Pro 7 specifically, I've talked about in the past, and uh, I'm just trying to pay off a bunch of other stuff in general. It's like, oh, come on, come on. And even, it's so funny the other day, because Google literally raised the uh, the credit limit on the financing card I have for the Pixel up by like another like $900 or something sick. Something's pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, I was like, I was like man, y'all are really, y'all are really out here trying. Y'all are really out here trying. Um, so let's see. They also go on to talk about how they have yet to encounter any sort of performance issues with the Pixel 4 XL, given that it has a high-end chipset and more RAM than previous Pixel devices. It also has a 90 hertz refresh rate, and it has the latest Android 10. Uh, obviously, then they talk a little bit about the infamous battery life um yeah it's yeah that, that's pretty rough i have to say it's pretty rough it's pretty rough i'll even admit it but you know it, it is what it is i shoot if they turned around and handed me this phone right now i would take it in a heartbeat they talk about the face unlock conundrum which i don't really get i don't get it a lot of people are like oh you know if your eyes are closed it shouldn't unlock your phone what the heck are you doing on your phone that you're going to be so afraid that somebody's going to come and grab your phone and, and face unlock it. A lot of people are like, yo, the, the main argument is, my girlfriend's going to unlock my phone while I'm sleeping. So what? So what? What's going on in your phone that uh, you're significant now? Like over here, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whatever, whoever you have, can't unlock your phone. Really? Is it that big of a deal? Like, come on. You're just bugging. Uh, you know, you need to take a little bit of a chill pill and yeah. So then they go on to say, you know, that, that it is worthy of the price tag, and they will continue to use it. Just brought a little little joy to my life, just to see that. For our final Google story, YouTube is launching new terms of service on December 10th. The main addition, issue here, the reason that this is in the news, is the addition of this line. Quote, YouTube may terminate your access 
or your Google account's access to all or part of the service if YouTube believes, in its sole discretion, that provision of the service to you is no longer commercially viable. Yikes. This has also led to some YouTubers calling for unionization. Okay, let's break it down. What is happening here? So, basically, YouTube has tried to make their terms of service more reader-friendly, so everybody can just go in there and, and use more plain terms, is what they said. It's something something along those lines of, of making it uh, easier for people to read and, and easier to understand. And obviously a lot of people are being thrown a loop by this sentence. They're like, what the heck? You know, YouTube could just cut off my account if they feel like it, basically is what they're saying. If they, do, if they don't think they're making enough money, they'll just, boom, eliminate my account. And while I don't think that that's what's happening, I do think this is poorly worded. And it, it, it's very interesting. So mainly what I, what I think is really going on here is that they're giving themselves the ability to uh, provide reasoning for banning accounts that go against other terms of service. So, such, so accounts that are, um, let's say, like not following certain rules in some areas, such as the the uh, predatory actions we saw a couple weeks back, or, or maybe a month or so back, towards um, the, the pedophiles that were being exposed, and the people who were making videos for their inner communities using coded language to talk to each other on the, on the um, on the platform, YouTube can go and say, hey, look, you know, you're, you're violating terms of service, and you're also like going against like this this content we can't possibly monetize it because of what you're attempting to do here and it's going to hurt our business in the end so therefore we can go ahead and take it. I think they're trying to give themselves reasons for banning accounts when they when it should clearly be banned but they don't necessarily directly violate any rules on on YouTube's website so it it is kind of weirdly worded, but I think this I think this is the best the best way to word it for legal issues. Um, but this, as I said, this has led some YouTubers to call for unionization, and now this is the point where I'm kind of scratching my head over here because I'm like, oh my god, really? <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get the whole unions thing. I don't see how there any how there's any point in unions anymore. They 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 feel. To me personally, I guess I really haven't looked into it, but at this point, it feels just so outdated. It's like stand up for yourself, like Jesus, like go and go and fight for your wage or whatever. You don't need somebody, a middleman, to stand in for you. Maybe that's me personally, is I I wouldn't like a middleman standing in trying to argue for how much I should make or what kind of benefits I should get. And I, maybe I should just research the topic more and figure out, you know, what's really going on. What really do you, what do unions actually do? And, and do they provide any net benefits to the people who sign up to them? Because as, as far as I've seen, I've got to say, that it, it's, it's not looking good for unions. Um, but yeah, for YouTubers to call for unionization. All right, now this, now this I can tell you outright is they're clearly in the wrong here. You, the YouTubers aren't even employed by YouTube. YouTube is simply a platform for them to upload their content to, and YouTube has no obligation to even host it like there's no like youtube could tomorrow turn around and say we're deleting every single video off the channel and shutting completely down and like you all the youtubers we sol like they wouldn't have a choice because they, they aren't employed by youtube some of them could be partners some of them could have contracts but they aren't directly employed like youtube doesn't go out and hire youtubers to upload content onto their service right so you can't possibly unionize if you're not employed by the person or, or the company or the firm that you're trying to unionize against. It's like, oh my lord. It's like they didn't even think this through before. It's like a couple YouTubers posted something on Twitter and, oh yeah, some article picked it up. I think it was Kotaku or let me check. Real quick, scrolling up, 
yeah, Kotaku picked it up. Let me open up the article really quick and see. So we have uh, you. Oh no, America Johnson of YouTube channel Non Compete said on Twitter, "A time to get serious about unionizing." And then a leftist YouTuber Peter Coffin. I've never even heard of these people. Who's Non Compete? Let's give a quick Google search for Non Compete. Oh, YouTube. <laughs> non compete. Let's see what they do. Oh my God, bless. Um, would anarchism work in real life? Really? Contracts and mutual aid. How anarchism works? Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah, this person does not does not seem um very very pleasant. This person does not seem very pleasant. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think that's, I think that's all I'm gonna say. Uh, just yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> their article, their YouTube video titles are not very pleasing. Uh, no wonder they're calling for unionization. Anyway, some other YouTuber, uh, Peter Coffin, said unionization. Or this is a huge one. Quote. Uh, if we could unite, this would be specific, or this would be significant. Sorry, um, don't. It's not happening. YouTubers can't unionize. You guys aren't hired by YouTube. Good luck. It's not happening. <laughs> um, yeah, wild. Now let's move on. Let's talk about something else. A while back, when talking about Apple's launch of the iPhone 11, we briefly looked at the smartphone market of India. Quarter three over. Let's take another look at this market because we talked about it at the end of quarter two, and we talked about you know the major players in space, who's doing what, what's happening where, who has the market shares. Quarter three has come and gone, and here we are with some updated numbers. So quick refresh in order: we got Xiaomi at ten point four percent, Samsung at nine point three percent, Vivo five point six percent. Oppo at 3.6%, Realme at 2.8%, and others at 5.1%, or no, sorry, not percent. These are 10.4 million, 9.3 million, 5.6 million, 3.6 million, 2.8 million, and 5.1 million smartphones shipped in quarter two by these companies for a total of 36.9 million smartphones in quarter two 2019. And now, quarter 2019 it's pretty pretty similar list except fourth place has switched it up realme is making some moves in the space they're no longer fifth they're fourth so let's hit it we got xiaomi at 12.6 or 12.6 million units samsung at 8.8 .8 million units vivo at 7.1 million units realme at 6.7 million units and oppo at 5.5 million units with others clocking at 5.9 for a total of 46.6 million units in quarter three this is pretty crazy it's a 42 percent increase uh year over year from third quarter of 2018 and it's or sorry a 9.3% increase year over year and uh, the quarter three 2018 total shipment volume was 42.6 million so it was it's four million more where are the changes occurring so obviously xiaomi went up by 8.5 percent from 10.4 million to 12.6 million samsung declined from 8.8 .8 million for or from 9.3 million to 8.8 .8 million that's it it point that's an eight point five percent decline. They were incline they were increasing by sixteen point six percent previously. Holy cow. Vivo making some strides up to seven point one percent from five or seven point one million from five point six million. That is a fifty eight point seven million year over year increase. Wow. That is pretty decent pretty decent uh, and then we have realme 
Holy cow, Realme. So in in quarter two, year over year, they had increased by 602% from two point um, from 0.4 in 2018 quarter two to 2.8 in quarter two 2019. Now here, in quarter three 2018, they shipped 1.3 million units. Quarter three 2019, they're shipping 6.7. That's even up from the previous quarter of 2.8. They went from 2.8 to 6.7 in a matter of a quarter. What am I saying here? They've increased by another 400% year over year. Holy cow. They now command double their previous market share at 14.3%. Holy cow. It's almost double. Their previous market share was 7.7%, so it's it's slightly under. Double would be 15.4, but wow, nearly doubling your market share. Nobody else on this list has nearly even done that. Xiaomi has declined in market share by 1.2%. Samsung has declined in market share significantly by uh, some quick math here. We've got um, 6.4%. Holy cow. Uh, Vivo is increased by 0.1%, but hey, I mean, that's practically stale. And Oppo has increased to 11.8% from 9.7%. Now, Realme is a sub brand of Oppo, kind of broke out of the whole Oppo group, and, made, and they made it its own thing. So that's why they're listed here separately, but still, wow, 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 wow. Others, the others category still commands a market share slightly higher. Um, right? No, sorry, I was reading wrong numbers. Their market share is down as well from 13.9 in last quarter to 12.7 in this current quarter. Well, they still, they shipped more, though. They shipped 0.8 million more, so 800,000 more devices than the previous quarter. But, man, holy cow, real me. Y'all are going sicko mode over here. I saw an article stating that they're just absolutely dominating the India smartphone market, so I had to look up the actual numbers. This comes from IDC, their quarterly mobile phone tracker. Uh, it's very, very nice, very interesting uh Report. I like to I like to read these kinds of things. Now let's move on to Apple, or should I say, kind of Apple. Xiaomi has finally unveiled their smartwatch, and it looks a lot like an Apple Watch. And when I say a lot, I mean like holy cow, replica. Uh, the only major difference in design is a very large bezel around the screen. The other major overall difference is price. The Mi Watch, is what they're calling it, starts at $186 for the standard alum aluminum version, bleh, with the stainless steel version coming later at $286. And wow, they're throwing uh, their skin on it, MIUI, um, and it's going to have, it's going to be based off of Google's Wear OS, obviously, but man, it, it's it's basically a ripoff of an Apple Watch, and it's at half the price. I believe the current uh, generation five Apple Watch. Let's get a good, get a solid number. It's like four ninety nine, right? Three ninety nine. Sorry, that's the entry level Apple Watch series five. It's three ninety nine. So the yeah, less than half at one hundred eighty six dollars. That's pretty crazy. Apple has refreshed their privacy pages, expanding on their claims to privacy superiority. So for those of you who don't know, Apple has a whole section of the website titled Privacy, describing in great detail how they keep your their user information secure and private and on the device as much as possible. They've added detailed reports on how certain apps, such as Safari, Maps, Photos, and Signing with Apple, keep your information private and secure. Apple claims that the privacy pages are the most visited parts of the whole website. It's pretty cool that they actually do this kind of. I I, I kind of like this. Um, it's very interesting, and especially now that they're detailing reports, like they're specifically going into the 
background mechanics on how these functions, like such as, for example, so photos is actually keeping the photos on the device and using on-device AI to organize them instead of sending them to the cloud to be organized and um, and customized or if they do like you know say hey look at this we, we tested this filter out on this photo what do you think you think the AI thinks it looks good those kind of things I get those all the time in my uh, pixel and you know I'm sure Apple does something very similar with their photos and so they're trying to keep everything on the device and and so you don't have to interact and send that information back and forth now it's time to rail on DxO mark for our last little bit of Apple news oh boy oh boy I get to rail DxO let's go they finally released the score for the iPhone 11 Pro which comes in at a whopping 117 so I actually posted here next to my in my script so this is the first script where I've included some images for me to reference like the other those IDC world numbers had some images to go with them and this DxO mark I, I take this I took the screenshot of their top how many two four six eight ten twelve thirteen devices the top 13 mobile devices just that so I could look at it in the in the script every single time I come back to this and be utterly disappointed so let's look at some numbers who's at the top Huawei Mate 30 Pro and Xiaomi Mi CC9 Pro Premium both clocking at 121 to tie for top then it goes Apple iPhone 11 Pro Max the Samsung Galaxy Note 10 and or 10 plus they they separated the 5g version for whatever reason from the from the regular 10 plus i don't know if they're just cracked out of their minds or whatever but they separated them but they gave them the same score so all three of those devices the iphone 11 pro max the note 10 plus 5g and the note 10 have 117 then comes uh, the huawei p30 pro and the samsung galaxy s10 5g at 116 the OnePlus 7 Pro comes in at 114. Honor 20 Pro comes in at 113. Samsung Galaxy S10, Pro, S10 Plus comes in at 113. Then we've got the Google Pixel 4 and the Huawei Mate 20 Pro wrapping it up with 112 and Xiaomi Mi 9 coming in at 110. So now I have in the script for me to rant and that is exactly what is about to occur. DxO Mark, Lord, I hate these guys. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I I really don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Like <laughs> their reviews, their reviewers have to be, um, I guess the best way to describe them is blind because if they would have looked at any of the pictures that they have taken, they would have clearly seen, at least the ones that they post on their website, they claim to take somewhere in the ballpark of like 12,000 of like 1,200 pictures or something like that. I'm sorry, not 12,000, 1,200, so 1,200 per device every single time they go out to test some of these devices. And then they look, they just scour through the images. And in their reviews that they post on the website, they compare images side by side from other phones and the price point. So, for example, with the, the Pixel 4, they had pictures from the side by side of um, the Huawei and then the Samsung. And I'll give it to them, all right? Huawei Mate 30 Pro is a good camera, okay? It's our, it's pretty good. The Apple iPhone 11 Pro Max is pretty good. Samsungs are pretty good. The OnePlus, eh? It's gotten pretty mixed reviews. OnePlus has never been a camera king. They've been all right, but the Pixel 4 is is uh, <laughs> what what is this? Eleventh? Right? Two, four, six, eight, ten. Yeah. Yeah. Eleven. Eleventh. 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 You, you know what? I, I don't even, I don't even, if you're listening to this right now, go, go look up some pictures of the Pixel 4. Go look up some pictures taken by the Pixel 4 XL. The Pixel 4, Pixel 4 XL are the exact same phone. They take the exact same cameras. They have the, they take the exact same shots because they have the exact same cameras. Go look up some pictures of shots taken on a Pixel 4 XL and tell me that that is not the best device you've seen. Take pictures. 
like ever. These these pictures coming off this device are absolutely fantastic. In the review that I was mentioning earlier for the Pixel 4 that the person actually liked, they showed some side-by-side -side shots of the iPhone 11 Pro plus a Pixel 4 taking nighttime shots with the new astrophotography mode, and it just looks so much better. It looks so much more real. It looks real. The iPhone 11 photo looked yellow, and the the Pixel 4 actually looked like nighttime. It looked looked decent. I'm, I'm like scrolling super fast. They took a picture of a court shot um, here, or, or not a court shot, like um, tennis courts. They took a picture of some tennis courts. It looks very nice, very vibrant. But if I scroll down just a little bit more, they have side-by-side -side shots on Twitter posted of the iPhone 11 Pro versus the Pixel. And I mean, it's night and day. It's night and day. The the and now that I'm getting a better look at it, actually, I just loaded up the full thing. The iPhone 11 Pro is yellow. It's very noisy, and it's not even dark. It's not even dark in the shot. They've got a light directly on them. Their shadows are, um, I mean, they're they're very creepily defined. I guess is the best way to put it. Nothing is in focus here in the shot. And then I just go to the side and I see the Pixel 4 shot. Holy cow! The sucker is crisp this sucker's crisp this sucker's crisp i mean there's it's night and day it really is google oh man google's google just that's rap that's rap it's not even it's not even fair. Like, it's not even fair. It really isn't. It's so bad. I don't get it. I really don't. I... <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, that's it. I have to move on from DxO Mark, otherwise I'm just going to sit here for the next half a million years and just scratch my head over why they're so stupid. Let's move on. Bill Gates was in the news recently. Don't hear that name a lot. I mean, maybe you do hear that name often, but but not in terms of him doing like an interview and, and it making big headlines. So he came out and claimed that if Microsoft had not been hit with an antitrust lawsuit by the U.S. government, Windows Mobile would be the main mobile OS. He stated that the lawsuit distracted him from focusing on making the OS and caused Microsoft to fall behind in the space. Specifically, he said that, that they were three months late on releasing a version for Motorola to use, and that's what that's what really launched Android forward. Wow. Okay, Bill Gates. You're really out there, dog. He was kind of upset about this, honestly, from just watching the interview um, about not being able to make it. And I get it. You know, it's a big space. It's an area where Microsoft really could have done something and really could have um, uh, extended their reach of their technology. But but uh, I got to say, I agree with the antitrust on this one. I think we need a little bit more antitrust from some of these other, other companies. So... So yikes, Bill Gates. Uh, although he's still a raw dog savage, he's one of the coolest people alive because he absolutely does what he wants, and has a half mil has friggin' hundred billion dollars and just turns around and, and does all his humanitarian effort. So we'll we'll let him slide on this one. Now let's catch up with real Elon hours. Got twick two quick twick two quick articles for you guys today. First is that Elon has confirmed the new played powertrain will come with a bigger battery pack for the vehicles. So the new powertrain will arrive sometime next year for the Model S and X. While no specific number was given, we can assume it will further increase the range of the vehicles and take the top spot as the longest range EV currently available when it launches. So obviously Tesla already has some of the longest range vehicles on the market. And there's no doubt that once they get this bigger battery pack, it's going to be even longer. It's just... They're going to be absolutely sicko mode um, by the time they get all these upgrades done. An article from The Verge came out detailing the issue of recycling battery packs from EVs. It described how it is necessary for companies making these types of vehicles to look into recycling the battery components as they can be extremely toxic to the environment. The main ideas proposed are designing 
the batteries for easier disassembly, having robots disassemble them to reduce the um, health and exposure risks that are related to disassembling battery packs, and repurposing old battery packs such as Toyota's program to power some 7-Elevens using solar panels and old battery packs from electric vehicles. Now, you know, not a lot's happening this week. Kind of dope. The new played powertrain is. We're starting to get some more information about it. They've been testing it. The Nurburgring uh, speed track, where they've been, you know, doing some runs. You know, they've been a little back and forth between uh, Elon and Porsche. You know, they've been going. They've been going at it. And then here we have, you know, obviously a big part of electric vehicles, which is their battery packs. And you know a little discussion around recycling them, so that's you know that's very nice. I'd like to see. <clears throat> It'd be really interesting for Elon Musk to come out and say something specifically about this. I'm gonna have to drink water real quick. Ooh, next. Airbnb has stated that they will verify every listing posted to their website for safety purposes. An article was written on Vice while back, a couple weeks at this point, I read it because when it popped up on my newsfeed, I was like, wow, that's pretty interesting. I read the full thing. It was pretty long. Let me break it down for you guys as best as I can. So an article was written on Vice from a reporter who uncovered a scheme on the platform in which somebody was scamming potential clients by switching their rental on them 10 minutes before they were supposed to check in. They would post photos of a fake apartment. Then once somebody had rented it, they would claim that the apartment had experienced plumbing issues typically about 10 minutes before the renter was supposed to check into the place. The scammer would then offer them a, another space that they own nearby uh, in in like so it would be temporary. They claimed it would be temporary setup um, that the, the temporary place was also much larger in size and it would only be until they got the apartment fixed at the apartment that the person was renting. However, upon arrival at the new place, the a temporary place, the person renting would realize they were scammed as it was stupid broken down, completely dirty, not cleaned, not even close to the description provided. The reporter uh, interviewed a couple people who were potential were scammed by the same person. The reporter was actually scammed by one of the people um, themselves. And so then they went on to find all these other people who had been scammed by similar persons. And so they went out and talked to all these people. And one of these people said that they just walked into a room in one of the rental houses. The floor was completely covered in sawdust. And then they went to another room and it just had five beds just chilling in there. Like no sheets or nothing on them. I was like, oh man, this sounds like a, a ha like a broken down, like abandoned place or something. They leaned them out to the woodshed in the back. So Airbnb has moved to verify all listings by the end of 2020 to ensure that people can be reassured that they won't be scammed or endangered when using their service. So this is good. You know, some, some resolution coming from this article. Obviously, some other surrounding events, most likely some safety issues, some, some public issues. But, you know, it's good to see Airbnb trying to do some of these things. I've personally never used the service myself, so I couldn't comment on it. However, it does sound like they are doing some work. So next, let's talk about Amazon. Amazon is planning to build a $40 million robotics hub near Boston as part of their program to advance robotic development and manufacturing. The people there at the facility will work on research and development as well as production and programming of robots to be used by Amazon for various tasks. Very, very interesting. I'm kind of, we'll be seeing more information on this in the future, Probably not. It's going to be probably, you know, very uppity, up top secret kind of stuff. Um, I don't know why I'd say that, actually. It's probably just, you know, they're building more robots for their various uh, fulfillment needs and, and uh, other tasks that would be easily performed by robots or would be better performed by robots, such as, like, lifting pallets or something like that, just lifting tons of pallets and sliding them into cars or sliding them into trucks as they as the trucks line up. Um, it'd be kind of interesting to see what they're going to come up with and what they're going to build here in this new ro robotics hub. China. Let's talk about China oppressing gamers. 
China has placed limits on gaming for the nation's younger population. Anyone under the age of 18 will no longer be allowed to be play will no longer be allowed to play video games for longer than 90 minutes per day. They can also not play overnight from 10 p.m. to 8 a.m. They claim this addresses issues such as gaming addiction, nearsightedness, and poor academic and quote poor academic performance across a broad swath of society. End quote. Yikes! China oppressing them gamers. They also went and limited the amount of money that this population could spend on microtransactions. I was like, whoa, they, it's somewhere between starting at like $28 and leading up to like $60 is the most that somebody could spend per month, which is a lot per month, $60 per month, that's over the course of 12 months, holy cow, who's spending that much money on microtransactions, I want to know, I want to meet that person, oh my god, bless, um, regardless, they said, they're setting some limits, and... It's communism for you. It's a little weird. Uh, I guess I kind of get it. Uh, an hour and a half a day does seem a little short, though. Um, but it is what it is. It's China, I guess. Now let's talk about some phone carriers before looking at our last topic today. First up, T-Mobile and Sprint have received the green light from FCC to merge into one company. As part of the deal, they'll be forced to hand over at least 20,000 cell sites and retail locations to Dish, who will become the fourth wireless provider. T-Mobile claims that with the merger, they'll be able to roll out 5G faster as one big company, while many only see monopolistic practices such as rising prices coming from this merger. What do I think? I think it's monopoly time. I think they are absolutely monopolizing the space. There already are massive players, Verizon, uh, shoot, who's the other one? Verizon, T-Mobile, and Sprint. Sprint is the other. Sprint. Oh no, sp sorry. Sprint is the one getting merged. Verizon. Oh my lord, it's bl I'm blanking right now. I literally just read the dumb article over again as I was as I was writing this script here, and of course I didn't copy down the links for those ones. But, yeah, I mean, come on, like, major U.S. Boom. But, yeah, it's like, this should not be, they should not get this. AT&T, okay, I thought so. AT&T is the, is the second, or AT&T is first, actually, sorry. AT&T is first at 162 million users, Verizon second at 118 million T-Mobile is currently third at 83, and Sprint is currently fourth at 54, so merging these two together will launch them to second place above Verizon, and uh, Dish will become the fourth. But yeah, I mean, come on. This is, this is basically them begging, ooh, excuse me, begging to raise prices on their people. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all I gotta say. Speaking of monopolies, AT&T will pay $60 million fine for throttling customers who had unlimited, quote, unlimited data plans. Some people were being throttled once they passed as low as 2 gigabytes per month. Holy cow. The FCC has been fighting this legal battle since 2014. With AT&T only recently deciding to pay the fine and close the case. Yikes. And you're talking about over here, the FCC giving T-Mobile and Sprint the green light. Really? Really? It's because they just had this monstrous payday with these two merging together. Now they got that, that triple entente over here about to clap everybody's mobile cheeks. God bless. If there's one thing that I really have disliked uh, about the, the current administration of the government, it is the FCC. They're Pi is not a good man. Certainly not a good man. The like three out of five of those board members are absolutely brain dead. There's two on there that wrote specifically in uh, rebuttal to the green light was 
look, it's going to be basically a monopoly. It's going to be a monopoly. It's going to be a monopoly. And all the other three were like, oh, yeah, it's going to be so great. The SEC has been so, so, so terrible these last couple of years repealing net neutrality, easing up restrictions on these mobile carriers, changing up some of the legal definitions, and now this green lighting, and now here AT&T is getting a slap on the wrist from the FTC because the FTC basically can't do, can't do anything. It's like, man, what a mess. Um, really quick, AT&T currently advertises three quote unlimited plans on its website. All right, so here's so here's how AT&T does unlimited. So you've got unlimited starter, unlimited extra, and unlimited and more premium. That's that's the name of the top tier is unlimited and more premium. The catch is that the cheaper plans will slow you down, will slow down your video streams to limit the video quality to roughly the DVD equivalent. If you want to stream in high definition, you need to shell out for the unlimited and more premium option. But even this plan cautions that if you use more than 22 gigabytes of data, AT&T might slow your entire connection when the network is busy. Verizon, T-Mobile, Sprint, all offer a similar mix of unlimited plans that all come with strings attached. Yikes. Yikes, yikes, yikes. It's only a matter of time before they lower that limit from 22 to, what, 15? 16, 10, wherever they want, I guess. Because unlimited is no longer unlimited, right? It's just so stupid. Man, switch to somebody else. Let's get somebody else in the field. Let's get a real player. Dish, please. Dish, please do something when you jump into this space. You're going to get retail locations, and you're going to get cell towers, and you're going to have access. They're also going to have access as part of the deal to the new, they're calling it new T-Mobile. The T-Mobile and Sprint, after they're done, they'll call it the new T-Mobile. They'll get access to some of their network coverage. So please, Lord Dish, do something. I know you're going to have to pay the new T-Mobile some money to use their service, but just, I don't know, make a real unlimited plan or something. Don't be brain dead. For the last topic today, I want to take a look at Roku. So an, an article popped up back on the 6th, which was last Wednesday, that Roku shares, as from CNBC, Roku shares tank despite revenue beat for the third quarter. So I was like, oh, okay. Take a quick look at this. You know, I've been looking at a lot of stocks recently. I've been been interested in the space. Roku stocks tanked more than 14% in after hours trading after the company reported quarter three results. So they reported um, average revenue per user of $22.58 compared with the previous quarter's metric of $21.06. Um, they had an adjusted loss per share of 22 cents with revenues being 261 million versus the expected 256.9 million. So I saw these numbers, I was like 22 cents per share, they're losing, they're losing money. They're losing a lot of money. Um, if we go over here to their income statements, we've got a gross profit of... 114 million and you've got a total operating expenses of sorry 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 now let's go with the revenue so we've got 250 million in revenue and total operating expenses coming in at 260 million with an operating income negative 10 million they're losing a lot of money and so this to me started to sound like another bad business, somebody about to go belly up, somebody just losing constantly tons of money, Uber, and making no profitability in the future. And I was like, oh man, we might be onto something here. I might be onto something. I might be finding something. I might be finding the second Uber because Uber is getting absolutely clapped right now. If you guys don't know the story behind Uber, Uber is in no way, shape, or form going to make any money anytime soon, and they're going. They're shedding uh, their stock price left and right. I mean, the, the stock is getting absolutely railed. It's nuts. Quick quick search real quick of Uber stock. Comes up with $27. So it's actually up um, today by $0.13. Cents. Uh, up a little bit more than that, though, as of 
Um, 1040, it was 2629. But if we hit the five day and actually shoot, screw it, the month back in October 30th, the stock was 3375 versus today at $27. Holy cow. If we go one year, actually, no, let's go. What's max? Max is, uh, okay, so launches $40 back in, um, May, it looks like 2019 is when they went public, shot to $46, and it's been on a downhill train since then, landing us today at $27, so that's, that's a yikes, that's a yikes from 46 to 27 wow, shedding dollars, not good, anyways, I saw the Roku financial statements, I was like, holy cow, what's happening here, are they really losing this much money? Are they going to lose a lot of money? Are they are they gone? Are they toast? The answer is no. Uh, I took a more in-depth look at the financial statements. I've got them up pulled in front of me, actually. And man, are they making some serious cash. Holy cow. Revenues are skyrocketing quarter over quarter. Just last quarter. So if we go... Uh, back to this is uh on this website that they've got going on here they've got only um it's reported as of uh june 30th this is june 30th 250 million dollars and here you've got the um this is oh why is it not coming to me uh it's quarter two versus quarter one um Two hundred six million dollars. There it is. God bless. I couldn't say this word. Two hundred fifty million versus two hundred six million. Wow. They've been on an incline now. Back in quarter four, twenty eighteen, they did have a they had a monster revenue of two hundred seventy five million. But they also weren't spending as much. They're spending a lot of money right now, just in a, a serious amount in research and development and in uh general administrative in selling and general administrative expenses like they're they're spending a crap ton of money it's crazy i really don't get it they've bought a lot they've they've been buying things recently a lot of companies they've been spending a lot on advertising and i'm like man holy cow but once they stop spending a lot of money on advertising they're going to absolutely kill it they're gonna obliterate they're gonna obliterate this they're gonna make so much money it's not even funny they're probably positioned right now and and especially with um actually really quick a look at their stock price just over the last um goal over the last five days because it tanked back on the sixth and it was uh, at 141 and then it tanked all the way down to 118 once their revenues came out that was in the that was in like a matter of couple hours and then currently it chills at around 129 so it's 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 up at just over ten dollars back from then but it's still down slightly down but these guys are going to make money like this this stock is totally undervalued way 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 undervalued especially with how much they're making per user making 22.58 per user that's double what netflix makes their high uh, sorry 40 percent higher than netflix's most expensive streaming plan holy cow and they're not even they're not even done yet most of their advertising is being spent on traditional media like like traditional tv uh, like tv stations and whatnot to get to those people to switch over to these devices they start streaming through roku imagine when they stop imagine when they just stop advertising as much as they are right now. Imagine when they just stop spending as much on advertising. They focus heavily on their platform and monetizing their platform. My lord, they're gonna absolutely blow it out of the water. They're gonna make it they're gonna make so much money, it's not even funny. They're they're basically just scraping the surface right now. Um and you know, the, one of the questions on this article from the Motley Fool was will new subscription based streaming services hurt Roku? obviously not it's basically fire tv like the more people you have watching the better their chances of making money are like there's no doubt about it they have a huge market share i couldn't i was looking i spent like 10 15 minutes beforehand when i was writing the script trying to find the 
breakdown of the market share of the streaming devices, I just I just couldn't. But I know Roku, Roku chills somewhere around 30% of the market share, 30, 40%, somewhere in that range. Well, Amazon is probably like around 20, 25% or something like that. So they, they have a pretty strong hold over Amazon and they're making a lot of money right now. And then, yeah, they're just, they're making a lot of money and they can make so much more money. It's, it's time. Roku's gonna, Roku's gonna skyrocket here pretty soon once they just stop spending all this money that they're making. Um, but until then, you know, it'll be, it'll be kind of interesting. So that's just one of the little interesting, interesting things that I saw. You know, I don't know if, if that interested you guys. Um, but I just, I saw that article and I read it and I was like, how are they losing this much money? And then I looked at looked a little deeper into it and I was like, wow, okay, there's there's really something going on here. And I found it I found it quite interesting. And with that, we'll finish up today's real tech hours. So today we looked at Google, India's smartphone market, and then Apple. We also talked about Windows Mobile, caught up with real Elon hours, Airbnb's safety checkup, Amazon making more robots, China pressing gamers, and mobile streaming or mobile service monopolies. Then we ended by taking an extended look at Roku. As always, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find it on Anchor.fm, Breaker, CastBox, Radio Public, Overcast, and TuneIn. Follow the podcast on Twitter, at RealTechHours, to stay up to date with the latest podcast news and updates. If you have any questions, comments, or you want to reach out, send an email to RealTechHoursPodcast at gmail.com. It could be topic recommendations, articles, questions, comments, just about anything. Send an email to RealTechHoursPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for joining me during these Real Tech Hours, and I will catch you all next time. Peace.